everybody. This is Philip Riccobono. You're listening to the ComingToAmericaBaseball.com podcast. On this episode, we'll have Chris Oxpring of the Lotte Giants in a minute. And after that, Sean Kim of the SK Wyvern. Sean is the translator for Jojo Reyes and Chris Seddon, two new pitchers for the team who just came from uh, the United States to pitch here in Korea in the KBO. And also, he did the contract negotiation contract negotiations with uh, the two mentioned uh, players' agents. So uh, we'll get an interesting behind-the-scenes perspective from him. Before we go any further, I want to kind of set up where I started off with Chris Oxpring. Uh, we started with the Kim Taekoon comments about Shane Newman that surfaced on June 10th when the host of Naver Radio Ball popular internet radio show asked two batters, asked top batters, including Kim, about the pitchers they find most challenging to hit. Kim picked Human and said, quote, unquote, because his face was so black and his teeth looked so white. Well, this happened on June 10th. Uh, June 14th, fast forward a few days, Human, an African-American uh, pitcher, faced Kim Tae-goon. Um, Kim Tae-goon did not apologize to him face-to-face that day. He did release a statement on June 10th. But uh, just have to think that the whole thing has been handled poorly by Kim Tae-goon and the KBO and um, Hanwha Eagles and even Lotte Giants, for that matter, by not raising awareness about the situation and how this stuff just cannot go on. It's simply uh, racist, insensitive, dumb, stupid, whatever you want to say. All the above. Um, it had kind of gone to bed, but recently the National Human Rights Commission of Korea came out with a statement condemning Kim Tae-goon and what he said uh, and labeled it as racist. So it would be interesting to see if anything uh, PR-wise comes out from the KBO as a result of this. Most people seem to think no, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I know that Shane Newman has taken the high road throughout all of this and remained classy. Um, obviously disappointed by the comments, but really a true gentleman in every sense of the word in handling this whole situation. So without any further ado, let's move on to Chris Oxpring. This was recorded on June 14th at Sajik Stadium, actually minutes before the game where Kim Tae-goon faced Shane Newman. Shane Newman, just uh, to let you know, got Kim Tae-goon to ground out, strike out twice looking, and then um, player who came in next, teammate of uh, Shane Newman of the Lotte Giants, uh, went on to come in and, and did hit Kim Tae-goon, which many believe was a retaliation for the comments. Just goes to show you the, the teammates stick together no matter what race and where they're playing in the world, and I thought that was a, a great a great sign by the pitcher from Lotte. The teammate who did hit Kim Tae-goon was a Korean of Korean descent. Um, started out the interview with Chris Oxpring and asked him about this whole controversy in what Kim Tae-goon said uh, about Shane Newman. That's where it starts. It was, um, I heard about it obviously through Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and look, it's an unfortunate thing, uh, and you know, right or wrong or, or, or anything like that, I mean, whether it was said, how it was said, whether it was translated correctly, you know, 
um, the context it was put in, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, you're getting second, third, fourth hand knowledge, you know. Um, the fact that it was said is unfortunate. Um, and, and look, to be, to be honest, I, I think Shane is a pretty cool, calm and collective guy. Um, he certainly didn't take it offensively at first. Um, I think the thing that disappointed him probably a little bit was, um, you know, the fact that things weren't done in the right, in the right order to kind of um, negate the situation, um, to minimise the damage that was done. And you know what, the, the other thing that he, that he kind of was trying to, to push forward was, you know, that as much as they're uh, unexposed to the different ethnicities here, you know, you don't want to see this become a, a problem in the future. You know, say a young Korean guy signs and goes to the States and says the same thing because his, you know, his idol growing up was Kim Tae-gyun and he says it in America and not meaning anything by it, no maliciousness, you know, no, nothing behind it. And then it becomes a major problem, you know. Um, so that, that, was, that was his kind of persona and perspective on it. I kind of felt the same, you know, be, having played over there for so long, being exposed to that. You know, it's not, ex, it's not seen here, it's not exposed here. It's probably very less understood here even than what it is in Australia, so. Would you be shocked if a pitcher, one of the five pitchers, retaliated and hit Kim Tae-gun? No. Um, and I say that, look, simply for the fact that growing up as in the United States and playing baseball in the United States, the only way for a pitcher to stand up for one of his teammates is hit the guy, you know. Um, looked upon right or wrong, that's the way that, on the baseball field, that's the way things are dealt with. You know, on the football field, you know, somebody's out to, to crash tackle that guy on the field in all legal, in all legal ways, you know. I'm not saying going outside the rules. Um, but that's the way that it, that it's done here, you know. Um, is it right? Probably not. Is it wrong? Probably not, you know, but it's, it's the way that baseball players communicate to each other when you're on opposite teams. So next year, big news for baseball in your country, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, real, probably the most heated rivalry right now in baseball, even bigger than the Yankees and the Red Sox, yep. opening it up in Sydney. Could you tell us what you know about that? Yeah, um, it's, been, it's been like rumored and talked about now for a period of time in Australia. I mean, it's always been a hope that we could get it out there after they, you know, they've done it in Mexico and Puerto Rico and Japan and stuff like that. And there's talk that they could possibly do it here in Korea as well. Um, but yeah, it finally came to fruition, um, announced on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was, um, that they're going to open up in, in March 2014 um, at the Sydney Cricket Ground, which is um, probably the second most historic place in Australia behind the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for baseball in Australia, it's, it's huge news. Um, it's hard to really put it in perspective to, to explain what it would do for the sport in, in our nation. I mean, um, imagine playing a cricket, a cricket game at Yankee Stadium, you know, um, that kind of thing. It's just, it, it's unbelievable to know what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to invest a lot of money in transforming that place into, into a baseball facility. Um, I mean, you take, you talk, we talked about the turf in the field earlier. 
that ground is, you could probably play golf on it, you could probably putt on it, it's that kind of facility. I mean, it's perfectly flat, it's perfectly smooth. Um, it's even better grass than most most big league stadiums that I've played. Now, right? Yeah, and they're gonna so, cut it up and build an infield, they're gonna cut it up, they're gonna build a clay mound, um, they're gonna put dugouts in, they're gonna make it a major league quality facility. Um, so, I mean, those two teams are gonna get treated like royalty when they're there. Um, so, I mean, the aspect and what it's going to do is, it's astronomical. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know how many people are going to sell tickets to, but I guarantee you both games are going to be sold out. Um, there's going to be a ton of people watching it from all over the country. People are going to fly in from all over the country. Wouldn't surprise me if a bunch of people from Korea don't fly out there to see a few Hunjin pitches in one of those games. Um, Peter Moylan, one of our national uh, homegrown heroes is is on the Dodgers team as well. If he's out there, there's going to be, you know, a multitude of people wanting to see him play. So it's it's major news. Um, it's like world blowing how big that that news is, and it's done a lot, and it says a lot for Major League Baseball and their commitment out there. You know, they've invested heavily over the past few years. You know, bringing the National League back into Australia again, um, and now they they've committed committed the opening series out there so it just shows the the confidence they have in in our nation as a as a baseball and community and a developing baseball country how about the field and the turf here can you take us through it and kind of explain i mean normal guy the average lay person at home is like who cares about the turf and the grass and the dirt and all that but for a baseball player it matters a lot can you talk about that here yeah i mean um the surface here that we've got is really nice they do a um they do a great job here, you know, the, the infield's are always well kept, it's nice and flat, it's very even, there's no, no humps and hollows and bumps and stuff like that. Uh, the, and the, the dirt, it, it's kind of a, it's a different kind of mixture than a lot of other places, it's a little bit sandy, it's a little bit clay, um, holds together relatively well but at the same time it does break down like you want it to to make it a little bit surer underfoot because um, you don't want anything that's hard like concrete or anything like that because you know your spikes don't dig into it properly and it comes out in really big clumps rather than just break up nice and smoothly so um, and the importance of having you know a nice flat turf like a nice flat infield and you know and good dirt is the fact that the last thing you want to do is be going down the field a ground ball get a bad hop and you know somebody get hit in the face or, or the mouth or anything like that yep. and same same thing again you see you see that many times you know guy gets broken nose have chipped teeth you know black eye broken cheekbones I mean people don't understand how fast that ball is actually coming when guys hit it I mean at, at the epitome of the of the sport guys make it look really easy to field that ball but I mean if you would if any normal person was to grab a glove and go out there and have somebody hit a ball at them at 100 miles an hour you've got not much chance to react not much chance to see it let alone if it takes a bad hop rather than a routine hop at you. So, the better the field, the less errors, the less beer consumption? You would, you would tend to think so. Uh, at the same time, you know, if it plays true, it's a lot better for the hitters too, you know, because the ball goes where it's supposed to go, stays, stays true. You know, if it's a little bit slow, the ball doesn't get through the infield quite as good, which, you know, is a pitcher's dream, um, hitter's nightmare. Um, if it's too fast, then it's a it's a fielder's nightmare because the ball gets on you a lot quicker than what you what you expect. And um, so, the more natural it is, the the much better it plays 
all around um, for the sport. You know, the pitchers know what to expect, the hitters know what to expect, and the fielders know how to prepare and what to expect out there. You've obviously played in MLB, Safeco, you know, a whole host of National League stadiums. Will they let fans come in with cases of beer? Hell no. Um, there's too much money to be made on that side of things. You know, they they have their own rights and they've got all of their you know all of their sponsorship deals and stuff that they you know make money out of and stuff like that. Whereas here, um, for whatever reason, I've never really asked why, but they are uh, you know they don't make the fans buy buy their food and stuff from the stadium. It's allowed to be brought in from outside, and um, it, it seems to work. You know. Um, you end up with a lot of people here, you know, people come here and they enjoy themselves and they have a great time. Um, and, and for, you know, the food and the drink that gets brought in, it, it's relatively tame here. Um, you very rarely see any rowdiness, you very rarely see or hear any profanities. Um, you don't really see many people get, you know, removed from the stadium at all, you know. You don't have, you know, you don't have streakers, you don't have people throwing shit on the field. I mean, I mean it's just, it's a lot tamer you would imagine it to be a lot more um, kind of unorganized and unorthodox, but it's not. It's actually, it's really good and the people here have a great time. I think it's the culture too. Yeah, the culture has a lot to they do with it. They get along with each other. Right? Yeah. There's, you know, really one uh, ethnicity here. Yes. Where in the States, you know, there's a lot of different yep. people and things like that. And the respect is driven home here. Respect for elders and respect for people in a more superior position and um, for somebody who does something that you you can't do personally, there's that respect is is drowned into you f right from the start, and I think that's probably got a lot to do with it too. The season playing out right now. You guys are in third, coming off an exciting extra innings win last night. I, I was here for part of it, so you pitched very well. Came out in the seventh. Um, anyhow, let's just talk about where the Giants are at right now, uh, mentally, and just pushing almost at the halfway point. Yeah. Um, you know, after a, what I would consider a pretty horrendous start from us uh, on the first part of the season, you know, we, we've certainly turned things around a lot, you know, uh, collectively as a team, as a, as a whole team, you know, a whole roster. Um, we're playing a much better style of baseball. It's more, it's more team-oriented baseball. And uh, I'm not saying that anybody was trying to be individualistic at the start. It's just we weren't, co weren't cohesive as a team to start the, start the season. Um, now, you know, we're doing a lot of the little things right, you know, we get a guy on, we move him over, we drive him in, we score one, two runs an inning and do it a couple of times during the game. We're pitching well, playing defense well um, and not making mistakes and, and that was the biggest thing for us earlier in the year. We, we were making mistakes that, that were costing us runs and we were losing by those runs rather than now we're not making those mistakes and we're not losing by those runs. Thanks a lot for doing it in the rain. No worries, mate. No problems at all. Easy. Easy done. Okay, this is Sean Kim. Sean, thanks for uh, joining me today. It's uh, my pleasure to have you guys here too. So. Appreciate it. Sean is the translator, and, and also, what is your business title? I know you did the negotiations with the we SK call, Wyverns. I mean, our CEO calls every employee like a manager because oh. he wants to treat like everyone like equally. Uh -huh. So my title is a manager. Yeah. It's kind of different meaning in the States, but my title is a manager and then my department, I work for like operation team. So operation operation team does like signing players and all that stuff, like baseball stuff. 
So you did you uh, you said that you don't do the scouting, you do the signing, the business end of things. Uh, I, Mr. Jin, who is my boss, he's a director of operations. Mm-hmm. We are teamed up. So him and I go to states to sign foreign players because he used to play professionally back in 1980 and 90, and uh, he has uh, he has eyes to see players. And then once he sees players, and then I do the rest. Uh, so you signed Seddon, uh, Chris Seddon, starting pitcher, and Jojo Reyes, starter pitcher yeah. this year for the for the I SK mean, this Wibers. is my second year, but last year I wasn't involved in, in signing foreign players. But this year, you know, I was working on signing those two pitchers, and then, you know, those two are my, you know, those two are my first players that I signed. So I mean, How- they're doing a great job, and so I'm happy. How did the negotiations go? How did you draw them here? I'm sure they had a lot of their other options. The market is uh, growing up in Korea and Japan, and then all the teams in Major League, they know that they can make money out of us by selling their contracts overseas, like Japan and Korea. And then some teams, I can't mention the name of the teams, mm-hmm. but some teams yeah, ask Korean teams or Japanese teams for like, million dollars for buyout money. Interesting. For players who don't have good name value. So basically, they're trying to sell. I mean, they're good businessmen, you know. So they're trying to sell their contracts before they buy out money. So I don't think it's necessary to pay a lot of buyout money to sign foreign players unless he's like a superstar, like a CC or, you know. It's crazy. It's it's tough. I mean, it's getting tougher now because you know all the teams in major leagues they know that it's good business. Yeah. So JoJo was signed by the Angels. Didn't get to play with them, but that's kind of like his hometown team. Oh, uh, we were negotiating with JoJo's agent, whose name is Joe Longo, in, uh, in November. Okay. But it fell through because uh, the money wasn't right for him and us. So. After that, we signed uh, Doug Slayton, who's, who, who was pitching for the AAA team of the Pirates. <coughs> but he sent him an email a month later, and, hey, I can't play. You know, I changed my mind not to go to Korea. And yeah. Sorry, you know. But what can I do? You know, it's his decision. So I, I told him, hey, okay, I respect your decision, but, you know, but... I wish you the best. So we moved on to Jojo. Jojo was on our list. Hey, let's go get Jojo. And then we started negotiating with his agent again in January before spring training camp started. And then we talked to the Angels and then Angels general manager, Jerry DiPoto. He was a great general manager and then he said, okay, I understand. And then, you know, it's a good money for Jojo. So... I will let him go. So I thank them a lot. So did do they did they consult with did the Angels consult with Jojo first and say, Look, there's an offer from Korea, do you want to go over there? Or did he they has just sell a, it? Every time I talk to agents in the States I mm-hmm. ask him I ask him to put Asian language in their contract. So Asian language means that they can sell their contract anytime they want. Like a buyout money. So So they have to expect they may go to Asia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, do you debrief them? Like, do you 
before you even sign them, do you feel feel them out and talk to them? And say, I do. You know, I do tell, my, kind of give them an idea of what they're. I do my here. homework. I do my yeah. homework. Like Chris Eden is a great example, and then in the last three years, he was uh, he became a free agent. He was elected a free agent every every year. I mean, after every season, like since two thousand nine. So I, so I thought, okay, he's gonna be a free agent again, and then we watched him in the video, and uh, I liked him a lot. He's tall and he's got good command, good changeup. So I was following up with him, and uh, he became free agent. I mean, the deadline for the team to put players on forty man roster was uh, October thirty something like that. And, uh, but the Indians, they put him on 40 minutes. I was freaking out. And then our general manager was freaking out too. Because we thought that uh, he's going to be released or designated for assignment. And then he was he was running out of his option. That means he can be a free agent. So he was like, uh, but Indians asked us, hey, you want to buy his contract for a certain amount of money? So I kind of knew that, okay, these guys are trying to sell his country overseas now. So I, I talked to his agent, hey, this is what they said, so what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Just wait, you know. And then, middle of November, they released him. So without paying, buy our money, we, we were able to sign him. So that was a steal. That was, I mean, that's, that's a good pickup. It's a good timing, yeah, yeah. It's, it was a good timing. And yeah. Then, so we have to do a lot of homework, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it takes, you know, it's not that easy to sign the foreign players now because there are so many variables, you know. The players should be good and the money should be right and agents should be working with us and team has to, team has to let them go. And other, so many things that we can control. So everything has to be perfect to sign foreign players. How about the culture and, and getting a guy ready for that? And even before you sign him, do you make sure that he is certain that he will want to come to Korea? I mean, most of these guys have never Since, been uh, here. I mean, being in the States for eight years helped me out a lot to understand their culture mm -hmm. as well. So I can know both sides. So I approach them with the American culture. With uh, at the same time, I talk to them about our culture too. So if I have a feel like uh, okay, this guys, this guy will be good in Korea. I mean, not only on the field but also off the field. Then I become more aggressive to sign mm -hmm. him. Okay, let's go. Like uh, Van Den Hoek. I mean, you know, we were working on him too, but he's a great guy. I still we still friends. As, uh, from Samsung. Samsung. Yeah. He's from Holland, so he said, "Hey, United States is not my country, so I can go mm -hmm. anywhere." International and, you know, guy. International guy. So yeah. That type of guy is mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Because, Dominican you know, players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dominican players mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Cool. Um, Ken, anything else? Sure. I have one question. Okay. With a limited number of foreign players, Two, yeah. yeah, does that does that kind of change your approach at all? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, we are talking about adding one more player on the team, the, like the league? position players. Mm -hmm. Each team can have uh, two pitchers and then one position player. Right. But we're still talking, but I think that's going to happen pretty soon because we're going to have uh, one more team in 2015. So... You know, more teams. 
also you know more players so I think it would be great I mean I would love to see American hitter you know like have you guys reached out to Manny Ramirez when he was in Taiwan no not really I mean the, the player personally the player I'm looking for is the guy who is hungry I don't I don't we don't chase like a big name yeah but Jojo Reyes, he was kind of big name in the States back in 2011 mm-hmm. as a starter of the Orioles. And, uh, he's a great guy. I mean, you know, he's a great guy. He's a team guy. Those two are the the type of players I'm looking for. Great guy, team guy. He's not here just to make money. You know, he's, he get, they get along with the team teammates. And they're trying to spread good positive energy the team so I, I'm very happy for him yeah. I, I told Jojo and Chris hey your goal should be making a lot of money while, before you retire in Korea so we happy I mean teams are happy so, yeah. um, so you're kind of like an assistant general manager in a sense with signing and doing negotiations and you're talking about player personnel moves I mean, when it comes to like a foreign players they rely on me right a lot because I'm the only one who can do that on the team but I also have to be humble so I mean I'm doing just my job and then I'm I'm being grateful for working for SK and the baseball team in Korea it's great experience and then my goal one, my goal is to be a sports agent in the future so I can see both sides like absolutely client size and team size and yeah I'll be a good agent down the road I mean yeah can you talk about what you do in terms of not just a translator you help mm-hmm. these guys out in Delhi uh, uh, in the office uh, I in monitor. terms of the players at, uh, in terms of Chris and Jojo how do you help them out on a daily basis outside of the stadium Are you basically I'm babysitting you know I, mean, <laughs> I pick them up from their house and then we eat lunch and dinner together and Sometimes we go out and have movies beer and movies and uh, shopping, and then especially when their family is not in Korea, and then we spend uh, almost more than eighteen hours, you know, except they sleep. So it's we very good friends. Yeah, I'm very happy. I mean, that's what I'm looking for also because relationship. It's all about relationship. I mean, my goal, my job is to make them happy. I mean, since I was in the States, and then if we, when someone kept me company, and then, you know, and then when someone was listening to me, and I was like, oh, this is great. So my job is just to listen to them, and then what they like to do, and then what they don't like to do. And uh, let, they, let the front, front office people or the coaching staff know. And then, you know, I'm just being a bridge between the coaching staff and front office and players, you know. What's the feeling around here? I mean, you guys are kind of... Um, it's got to be a little disappointing being in seventh place uh, with, you know, two, two really good pitchers, yeah. two this good... This is not SK. This yeah. is not SK. And uh, last year, we had uh, two foreign players, and then we replaced one, one of the players. They combined, uh, they combined 13 wins last year. But they are already combining eleven matches. Yeah. So usually when when the team has good foreign players, they do well. But right. it's not it's not happening for us. But this is not the this is not the right timing for now. I mean, we 
We'll bounce back. So, yeah. Uh, last three seasons in the in the Korean series? Is it three in a row? No, we went to Korean series like six years in a row. Since 2007, I believe. Yeah. So, all right. Well, listen, thanks a lot. Your practice is breaking up here. Appreciate you, you having us out Thank and giving, too, us, yeah. giving us a behind-the-scenes look at the SK Wyverns. Yeah, this is one of the best stadiums in Korea. I mean, every time I approach to players in the States, hey, we got the best stadium in Korea. So, I mean, I'm not lying. I mean, they say, oh, this is great. Yeah. We got the good mounds and good feeling and yeah, good atmosphere. And so. You said, talk about the mound. You said it's bigger? The mound is, no, it's great. Oh. Some, some stadium like Gwangju uh -huh. and Samsung... They're they don't eat stuff. Yeah. So they don't some pictures don't like it. So. I heard about Samsung. Yeah. I heard it's like sand. Yeah. Yeah. But the mound, is it any higher here than MLB or is it MLB specifications? Uh you can ask Georgia and Chris, but they say it's kinda of lower than the Looks lower. mound in the yeah. States. Looks a little lower. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Sean. Appreciate it. No problem. It. Thank you for your time today too. Thank you for joining us this week on the ComingToAmericaBaseball.com podcast. For Chris Oxpring and Sean Kim, and also my buddy uh, Ken Morrison, who helped out at Munha uh, producing with me. Um, I'm Philip Riccobono. If you want to reach me on the social medias, it's ComingToAmericaBaseball.com, Twitter, ComingToAndRBB. Uh, leave us a message request, uh, whatever you like. Couldn't do the show without you. Really appreciate all your support and comments. Um, we are in a really in a rainy season here in Korea now. Uh, it is July 3rd. Um, so there'll be a lot of uh, games that are called over the next few weeks, month or so. And uh, it should be interesting to see at the end of the season which ones uh, will be made up. Understand they only make up games with playoff implications. So, um, from South Korea, Beijing to be in fact. Thanks a lot for listening. Take care.